Welcome to New Endings. We are live here again on WIMS and on WIMS Facebook live page every Tuesday afternoon. Great to be back with you folks this week. Uh, my name is Darren, and I'm your host for New Endings. And as usual, we have our producer, Mariah, behind the scenes, making sure everything goes as planned. How's it going over there, Mariah? Hey, hope you guys are all having a great day. I'm happy to be here. Excellent. Did you see our numbers, Mariah? I did. We are doing very good. I'm happy that, you know, the word is getting out. Make sure you guys share it with your friends if you are watching this live right now so they can tune in and not miss anything. Yeah, you know, the uh, the, the numbers last week were actually up 100% over the first week. you believe that? That's awesome. It's really good to hear. Well, we can thank God for that, right? For sure. I need you folks to go to, to uh, follow our Facebook page. We're closing on, on 1,000 followers there, so it would be great if you could just take a second, go on Facebook. And uh, we're listed as New Endings Radio on Facebook. So go to New Endings Radio on Facebook and, and follow our page. That would be fantastic. Thanks for your help. Thanks for all you folks that are listening to us. Well, Mariah, we had big news at uh, the Darren household this week. We sent out uh, our applications to become members of Broken Chains. That's pretty cool. Um, what's Broken Chains? Well, Broken Chains is a motorcycle group. Now, I don't have a motorcycle, but uh, I kind of like these guys. <laughs> yeah, well... They, they call themselves bikers uh, with a passion for Celebrate Recovery. So if you're, you're committed to CR, uh, they'll let you in the group if you don't ride. So that's kind of how I made it. Well, actually, I don't know if I made it or not. They haven't told me yet. I guess they could, I guess they could turn me down. Maybe. Probably well, not. Well, I hope pretty not. cool. I, well, I hope not because I already brought my, bought my leather vest with all the, for all the cool patches they have to put Ooh. on. So, yeah, I know. Well, anyway, back to business, I guess. Today we have uh, Herb Steverson on the show. I'm having Herb on because, as you well know, there are some nuts that are harder to crack than others. Uh, me, personally, uh, I was a hard nut, so I know there's plenty of others out there just like me. It's the families of these hard nuts that are the ones that are desperate for options. Herb, he's one of us, and now that he's turned his life around, he specializes in intervention. He wrote a book about what he put him through, himself through, and he calls that uh, Junk Box Diaries, which you can buy online if you want to read a good recovery story. Herb has been featured on the television show Intervention, and he is uh, the owner of his own intervention business called Genesis of Recovery, uh, which we have a link to on our website, newendings.online, if you want to see that. So this guy is truly an expert. So uh, welcome to the show, Herb. Thank you for having me. It's uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor. All right, perfect. Now, Herb, uh, I want you to give a little background on what your life was like, but I don't want you to go too deep. If the uh, if the folks want to know more about you, you know, in your past, that type of thing, they can buy your book, Junk Box Diaries. What I'm more interested is what finally changed. Uh, that's kind of what this show is all about. What was it that made your pain uh, more than your desire to drink and drug? This show is all about the first step. So. Give us the sh- a short background, and then uh, and then tell us what made you flip. Well, um, I spent about fifteen years, um, you know, using everything that got in front of me. Um, ultimately, the last eight years or ten years was uh, IV heroin and crack, in and out of jail, in and out of prison, homeless, etc. Um, so I was no stranger to jail or institutions. Um, but what finally made me flip was when I was sitting in Porter County, um, and I'd been there for six, seven months. So, you know, no access to drugs, um, and just 
kind of made a decision to commit suicide however you know however i could and and what i designed was you know when i finally got to prison i was going to buy as much um drugs as i possibly could and take them all and go to sleep and never wake up but um then god kind of started working in my heart and in my life and um you know sending various teachers to to nudge me and to plant seeds and prick my heart um and you know i got into into my scripture i got into into my meetings in there and you know i could just kind of feel god pulling me away um from killing myself and from and from uh continuing to use drugs all right so that was the minute that you decided that uh you're going to change things you just uh, said i got to pull up the bootstraps and do something about this well if you really want to know the exact moment where i truly felt god's nudge in my heart that's what we want uh was when i opened up my uh free on the outside bible free on the inside bible and uh the very first passage i read was romans 12 2 be not conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind and i had read that before you know i was never you know, not exposed to God or to faith or to Scripture, but in that moment, that exact Scripture was written for me, and I could just kind of feel the doors in my heart getting blown off. It was truly powerful. Nice. Everybody has one of those moments. I, I know I did, and everybody I talked to has one of those moments, so that's what, uh, that's what that step one is all about, just finally coming to the realization that you can't uh, control things by yourself. You need God, and you got to make a change. So, I'm assuming uh, the short story is that uh, you got out of jail, and then uh, what did you do? Start getting into helping people somehow, working, volunteering? What were you doing? Well, uh, I got court-ordered to uh, a local halfway house here in Valpo called the Respite House. And, uh, you know, before I got out, I told myself I was going to continue to do the things for my recovery that I was doing while inside the jail, um, which was reading my Bible, reading my basic text big book meditations you know really diving deep into scripture and that's exactly what i did and you know i told myself that you know if i if i wanted something i'd never had i was going to have to do some things i'd never done so i vowed that i was going to say yes to those weird uncomfortable um types of you know um experiences and people and places and new things and that's exactly what i did um get baptized yes go to indiana dunes great banquet yes go to bible study yes go to celebrate recovery yes and i just started saying yes to all the things i would normally say no to um including <laughs> jumping on darren newton's uh radio cast and and here i am all right, and nice. it's just led me to some amazing places fantastic well, you came even farther than that because you started this uh, Genesis of Recovery, which is uh, all about uh, intervention and, and that type of thing. So I, I'm sure there's a lot you want to tell us about that. Now, uh, did I mention that uh, we have a link on our website, newendings.online? Uh, you, uh, you did. I you did. Yeah, I probably did. I, I, I think, I'm not sure if I'm pumping uh, your website or my website more. but uh, So you, you, you start this endeavor, and uh, Herb, tell us... Uh, what exactly does uh, an intervention business like Genesis of Recovery do? Okay, so uh, we actually offer uh, a number of services. Um, intervention is kind of our 
our main thing. But we, um, because we've been doing interventions for so long, um, we've, we've also taken on um, family coaching, treatment assistance, um, treatment navigation, resource mining, um, transporting to and from treatment, sober coaching, um, placement in halfway houses. We even help uh, guys and girls who are newly clean uh, to find jobs. Um, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of, you know, avenues that, that we pursue, but all because we started with intervention first. And essentially what intervention does is we aim to educate the family, educate the environment, change the environment around the addict before we intervene. It's all about exposure. It's all about education. It's all about being a spokesperson for the family and really targeting that heart because addiction at its core is about avoiding uncomfortable things. It's about avoiding uncomfortable feelings, memories, trauma, um, experiences, situations, etc. And the remedy to that is to bring that to their doorstep, make them feel, make them remember, make them see the family and our lives through their lens. And so when we do that, we're actually unifying the whole family and getting on the same page that this is over today. And when we do that, amazing things happen. We had an intervention this morning that was successful. This man will wake up tomorrow clean and sober for the first time in 25 years. Nice. I tell you, when you get involved in stuff like that, doesn't it make you feel good every time somebody comes around? Oh, it's the most beautiful thing. Oh, it's I the know. most beautiful it's thing. It's cool. It is and so cool. They, they always say, oh, he'll never go, or this is a tough one, or you're never going to get through to him. And my, my little uh, kind of quirky response is, so why'd you call? <laughs> if they're yeah, right. truly such a lost cause, why'd you call? Right, exactly. And what we've actually seen over years of doing this is that nine out of ten families that conduct a professional intervention will actually see their person go to treatment. Wow. So there's a lot more to an intervention than just gathering a bunch of people in a room and saying, okay, bring them in. You said, oh, no, yeah, we talked about the happy in. times, the good yeah. times, the sad times, what yeah. life used to be like, what it's like now. We talk about denial, gaslighting, emotional hijacking, manipulation, anger, different types of responses. Will they shut down? Will they uproar? Will they storm out? And the idea is to be proactive and get the family prepared for anything that may happen during day two, which is the intervention. Right. Well, I think that the family's affected as, as much as the, uh, as the addict because I know that when my life changed, I was just... You know, I would I, I was scared because I wasn't sure how I'd act or anything else. The family's got to feel the same way. They've been living like this, and they've been worried about this person for all this time. What's going to happen when he really does stop? I mean, I, I know it's going to be a happy moment, but everybody's got to be nervous about what's going to happen. Oh, without question. And, you know, one of the things I try to, you know, convey to the families is let's not worry about what could go wrong. Let's worry about what could go right. And if, you know, he or she accepts this gift of, of getting better, then we're going to surround them and lift them up and encourage them and help them every step of the way, right. you know. And then what will happen is once the person gets to the treatment center they're going to, we certainly recommend the families follow up with their own counseling, celebrate recovery, Al-Anon, um, independent therapies, et cetera, because we've all been down this road together for a long time. It's not just about the addict. Right, exactly. And that's what I preach on this show all the time is I keep trying to drill into to everybody's head that uh, it's not about you. I mean, there's all kinds of people involved. 
And that's one thing, you know, when we're when we're in the midst of a, of our herd habit or hang up, whatever it is, then we're so self-centered we don't understand that we're the the collateral damage that we cause. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people involved in all this. But you've helped me out uh, a few times with my uh, Celebrate Recovery people um, because, you know, interventions and counselors, they all go hand in hand with Celebrate Recovery. Uh, You need to be in a regular long-term support group uh, for any hurt habit or hang-up. It doesn't have to be alcohol and drugs. Uh, That happens to be what we're talking about today with intervention, but all the hurt happens and and hang-ups are the same. But uh, all these programs complement each other. You know, one's for an immediate... uh, uh, stoppage let's say and then the other ones for you know uh, for future growth and uh, you know like I said you've helped me out a lot I had this one guy I was dealing with with uh, Celebrate Recovery Herb you'll probably know who I'm talking about when when you hear the story but I had a call from someone through the church that a relative of theirs really needed help to stop drinking and asked if I would uh, talk to him and since I never turned down a good opportunity for a lost cause kind of like you Herb I gave this guy a call and uh, he goes into the usual, I don't have a problem, I can quit on my own. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, Herb, all the original stuff we've never heard before, right? And so, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I talked to him for a while, and it was obviously going nowhere. So I, I made sure he had my number, and, you know, that was that. You know, sometimes there's just nothing you could do at that particular moment. And after uh, about three months, I guess, the relatives called me back again, and they said, uh, oh, our guy's over the edge. Is there anything you can do? You know, th- this is horrible. And they just sound like they were just in desperation mode. So I call him back up, and obviously he's blitzed, but uh, at least he's asking the right questions now. And he talks about uh, how much he needs help and wants to stop. And so I figure, okay, here we go. We're really cooking now. So I tell him, look, go to sleep. Call me when you wake up in the morning, and so I can at least understand what you're saying. So he calls me back the next day sober, and I find out that his family's given up on him. Um, and that he's, he's shacked up with some crazy girl. So the plan is that he's going to make it the next four hours without drinking, and I'm going to call him back later. And uh, in the meantime, that's when I called you, Herb, and I said uh, I wanted to give you the heads up because I figure I'm going to need some help on this one. And uh, I call the guy back a few, few hours later, and, uh, and he's tanked, of course. And I ask him what he's been drinking, and of course he says I haven't had anything, and I tell him, look, if, you, if you're just going to lie to me, then I'm not going to sit here and waste my time helping you. You've got you to be invested in this. And after a few minutes, he says, well, I had two wine coolers. I said, oh, really? Okay, that's what you're going with, two wine coolers. You know, lying like an addict all the way to the very end, right? And uh, I said, dude, if all you've had is, is two wine coolers, then you've got bigger problems than you think. So I tell him, look, go to sleep. When you wake in the morning, we'll try again. So this goes on for like three days. Uh, sober in the morning, come on, just make it four hours, call me back. He calls me back, he's tanked. The last night he calls me at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. And he's drunk again on his two wine coolers. And uh, I just told him, dude, look at yourself. You're, you're 40 years old, you're drunk every day, you have a part-time job that you only work part-time, and you're shacking up with some girl that makes you drink. I said, you got to get serious at some point. You just got to suck it up and just and, and make a commitment here. This isn't about just, you know, going through this every day. Now, do you want me to tell you where you're going to be in a couple months or you just want to play it out for yourself? So go to sleep. Call me tomorrow when you wake up. And he sends me a text message the next morning. It says, I can't call you. I'm talking to Herb. And I thought, fantastic. <laughs> That's right where he needs to be because I was going nowhere. It was just starting to get frustrating. So we had to call in the Calvary. So, Herb, I know the end of the story. 
but you you got to tell me what happened. He said he texted you and he was going to call you, but I don't know what the middle of the story. Can you can you kind of fill us in on that? <clears throat> yes, sir. Um, yeah, I got a little bit relentless with the guy. You know, I could tell that. Uh, you know, you weren't really gaining any ground. I don't know if it was because there was too much history there or what have you. But the first thing I did was I got in contact with the outliers, the the family, the the girlfriend, the the whoever that was involved, and I painted them a very vivid and accurate picture of what was truly going on in this man's life. I got them all on board and supportive of the cause that I was about to bring to him. And then for every single lie that he tried to tell me, I already had the truth. I already had the answer. I knew how he was going to try to overcome. I knew what his objections were going to be. Oh, I got to water the cat. I got to water the plant. I got no, 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 no. This is what needs to happen. And I coached the family up. It's not like I have some magic words. I just coached the family up on how to put the squeeze on him to make his using as uncomfortable as possible. And within a day or two, he was committed to go to recovery. Nice. Yeah, I tell you, I, I said on the show, uh, I don't know if it's last week or the first week, but I, I told the folks uh, that, that, that it, part of the show is I'm going to drag you kicking and screaming to the new start line. And that's almost what you have to do. I mean, it, you, people get so enveloped in this stuff and it's just such a part of them that it's, you almost have to drag them kicking and screaming until they finally say okay i've had enough let's go you know but uh you know my wife loves that uh show intervention that uh is on all the time but and she makes me watch it all the time and uh it seems like on the show it never goes that easy do they all go that easy or what's up with that no, actually they don't. Um, and just to clarify, it wasn't I that was featured on the show uh, in 2019. It was the firm I was with previously that was featured. Um, I was uh, the Midwest uh, outreach director for uh, a previous company, and the president of that company was featured on the show. Did you get on now, camera? To, just to get back to your question, um, I said that 9 out of 10 will see their loved one go on intervention day, which is day number two. The first day is all about team building. It's all about education. It's all about preparation. It's all about planning, letter writing, etc. The second day is when, when we intervene. And nine out of ten families will see their loved one go to recovery like we saw this morning. But there's that one in ten. And when that happens, we go to what we call bottom lines. Um, we essentially look them in the eye and make them say, you know, I'm choosing smoking crack over, you know, going to recovery. I'm choosing smoking crack over my family. I'm not going today. I'm not going today. And typically that's five, six, seven hours into the intervention. Um, but when that happens, it's when we as a family follow through with the new boundaries that we have just presented to you know, the addict, the alcoholic, whomever. And that is when we really turn the heat up um, and, you know, make their using as uncomfortable as possible. Now, if the family follows their coaching, they will come around relatively quickly. Um, usually, it's the addict that will break silence first. They will reach out with some kind of crisis. You know, hey, my water shut off. Hey, I need a sandwich. Hey, I need a shower. Um, I need a cell phone bill paid. And that's when we coach the three-step. 
I love you, Timmy the addict. Are you ready to go to treatment? Call me when you're ready. And the thing about any crisis that an addict in bottom lines can create is that all of the crises will be solved by them going to recovery. Oh, you need a shower? They have showers at treatment. You need food? They'll feed you. You need to make a phone call? They have phones. You need help with, you know, et cetera. And every single crisis that they can create can be solved by them just surrendering and saying yes. Nice. So you can crack the hard nuts, I guess, huh? Absolutely. That's what we specialize in. Nice. All right. Well, uh, we we kind of mentioned it at at the beginning, but uh, intervention's just more or less the first step, right? I mean, people really need to go to some sort of support group you know, like Celebrate Recovery or something like that afterwards. It's not just a matter of going to intervention, everything's okay. That's why we call it Genesis. Why is that? It's the beginning. Oh, there you go. The very beginning. All right, nice. The first book of the Bible, it's the beginning of your long road to recovery. There you go. We plant the seed, and then we get you to your destination and follow up to help you grow. Well, that goes good with new endings, then, because we're trying to get everybody to change their path and make a new ending. Because if you're involved in an intervention... Whatever ending they got lined up, it's not going to be good. So it's all about changing. Um, can a person, like, decide on their own to go without an official intervention? You know, can they just call up and say, hey, look, I need help. I, I, can't, I can't do this on my own. Will you, can, you got anything for me? Absolutely. We take probably one or two calls a day for that. Oh. Um, and we, you know, we have contacts all over the country here in Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, all over the country and we will find you a bed if you are truly willing and you're hitting waiting list after waiting list after waiting list you can call genesis and we will make sure you find a bed somewhere we have two three hundred contacts nationwide that we can make a phone call and say hey it's herbert genesis i got a guy i got a gal they need a bed please hold it we're bringing them now wow you know i've heard that's a big problem with a lot of the people that just you know, go down to the local shelter or whatever. They they just don't have any place for them. You know, they don't have and they That's don't have correct. any they don't have any leverage to do anything about it. So you're you're basically the the leverage for them. If they get to you, then you can you can make things happen, huh? Absolutely. Wow. We try to. Nice. Well, is uh, one thing is you know you you were talking about those hard to handle um, interventions. Is has there any been a, ever been a time when you, you've actually had to give up? The guy just wouldn't go or gal wouldn't go? <laughs> no. Really? Um, we had a family. The very first intervention I ever did was like five years ago, and the guy was in bottom lines for a year. Oh. And it finally took him getting arrested and the mother going and rereading the bottom lines letter to him on a visitation booth while he was sitting in jail before he finally accepted recovery. And he said yes. The mother got him out, and we got him into treatment. Wow. So once the reinforcements are gathered around, it's, it's pretty uh, difficult to, to not have a good outcome on this. That's correct, because the number one thing an addict is going to use is divide and conquer. Right. And, They're going to divide grandma against mom. They're going to divide dad against grandpa. They're going to hope the lies never connect. And when we're in that room all together, all of my enablers are there. The exposure is gone or the exposure is on, I should say, the enabling is dead, and now we're seeing you and you're seeing us. All right, nice. Well, I'll tell you what, is there anything um, that you'd want to say to people out there that might be on the fence about uh, making a, because this is a big move. I mean, you know, if uh, the family gets, because a lot of them, I I talk to all kinds of of folks that are 
you know they're enablers you know so they're 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 just trying to make sure the guy doesn't uh, hurt himself or you know they'll they'll bring him food and they'll you know take care of him and and just make it uh, give him money which is the worst and uh just make things the worst but what would you tell them if they're on the fence and uh and they're thinking about doing something well, I think uh, one of the biggest reasons why families don't follow through with an intervention is shame or embarrassment. And our services are 100% HIPAA compliant. They're 100% confidential. The only people that are going to know about an intervention are the ones you invite, are the ones that you bring in. And to go back to what I said about my own journey, if you want something you've never had, you've got to do something you've never done. Um, intervention is data-backed. It's proven. It's the most effective way to bring somebody um, to a new way of life. There is no shame in asking for outside help. The shame is in continuing to enable, um, to uh, continue in your status quo, um, and to continue in your apathy, because that's when bad things happen. All right. All right. Well, shoot. I, I, I told him you were an expert at uh, the beginning of the show. That I wasn't kidding, I guess. Thanks for coming on, Herb. I really appreciate it. Thanks for your time and all the all the things that you're doing for all these uh, folks out there. I I know, I know that you're committed as much as I am. Just just try to get people to make that first step and just get on some other path because uh, I've been there and it's not it's not fun. So thanks for coming on. Well, it's certainly my pleasure and delight. Thank you so very much for having me. Um, I'm open to any phone calls or emails or questions or. Anything that anyone may have, I always answer my phone. So it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Herb. You take care. All right. And like I mentioned, uh, we have uh, Herb's uh, link to his uh, uh, intervention program on our website, newendings.online, on the resources page if you want to go there and, and check him out. And there's other interventionists also. I just happen to know Herb. and We've been working with him for a while, and uh, he's a terrific guy. But, uh, you know, interventions only, it, it's just an option for you if you're trying to help someone move forward um, for you out there on the other side of addictions the wives the girlfriends parents brothers sisters find a celebrate recovery near you and go yourself you're going to find other codependent people there just like you you don't have to be an addict to go to celebrate recovery it's all about all of life's hurts habits and hang-ups and if you're dealing with something that uh, you're trying to get somebody over and it's just you're you're just turning into a codependent your life is is run by whatever their situation is you get to celebrate recovery in a codependent group you're going to meet people that are in the exact same situation you are at least it'll give you some relief and know that there's there's hope or at least you can bounce some stuff off of other people so find uh, a celebrate recovery um, they all have codependent groups and they meet uh, they all meet once a week so Go online, uh, newendings.online, click on the locator for CR, and you, you just put in your zip code, and you'll be surprised. There's, uh, there'll be one uh, pretty close to you, I'm sure. And you can just walk into the meeting. You don't have to, you don't have to really do anything. You don't have to study. All you've got to do is just walk in, so, and you'll be relieved you did. Now, next week, we're going to be talking to Josh Spurlock with My Counselor Online. He's going to be explaining uh, Christian online counseling and, and how it works and what you should expect for that. Uh, in the next few weeks of the show, I wanted to give you all a, a base of uh, Celebrate Recovery Sport Groups, intervention, and online counseling. But we're going to change things up after we finish this and, 
after the first few shows, which you can go back and, and look at uh, or listen to on newendings.online if you want to refer back to this stuff. But beginning on Tuesday, the 24th, we're going to turn our sights to all of the uh, Hertz habits and hangups. Um, we, we're going to feature uh, uh, one Celebrate Recovery Forever family member from somewhere in the world discussing whatever their hurt habit or hangup was. Uh, these shows aren't going to be testimonies. Uh, if you want full-length testimonies, then go to the CR group. They have one every other week. If you, uh, you can go to our website. You can watch all the uh, testimonies you want. But we're going to concentrate on what made that person's pain greater than their fear to change. That's what this show is all about. What made them flip? And flip, well, that's going to be our, uh, from this point forward, it's going to be our own personal technical term, flip. What made them flip, and how has Celebrate Recovery led them down a new path? Uh, you'll definitely find someone that you can relate to in your life. So, I, And as I promised, on the 24th, we'll begin with my wife, Stacy, from Indiana, who will be giving uh, her side on codependency. I don't know exactly what she's going to say. I told her, just come on, say whatever you want. I'm sure it's going to be uncomfortable for me, but uh, I told you I, I'm in the game with you. So women, women, you're going to feel her pain, and men, you can realize uh, what you're putting your wives or girlfriends through. So like always, we uh, end with the serenity prayer. So uh, I'll read that for you. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time, Accepting hardship as a pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the next. All right, my name's Darren, and we'll see you next week on New Endings. <laughs>